Snipers are back! Finally! This is the Guardians of Destiny 2 podcast, and I'm your host, Geronimo Rowe, and today we're going to talk about this week's TWAB, the This Week at Bungie blog post that just came out a few hours ago. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, this is a pretty big update. There was a lot of information, and almost all of it was about the new sandbox changes coming to Destiny 2 in March 27th. They titled this the Go Fast Update. The entire purpose of this is to make the game itself feel faster and more dynamic, and is trying to address concerns about things like time to kill and team shotting. Now overall there's a lot of changes to this, but the ones they start off listing here in general are that respawns and revives have been retuned in all game modes. The respawns for quick play are now down to 2 seconds, respawns and survival are 7 seconds, the revive lockout and countdown is down to 7 seconds, and players don't lose revive tokens on death anymore. They also adjusted power ammo across the board. The respawn timers for power ammo and iron banner are down by about half. In quick play, they're down about 30%. In survival, it's down 40%. And in countdown, it's down 25%. They also increased the weapon reserves for almost every weapon class except for swords and rockets, which were actually brought down to match everything else. And enemy players now drop their power ammo on death. It's kind of like mayhem. Basically, whenever you kill somebody and they happen to have power ammo, that power ammo is now yours if you happen to be close enough to grab it. Now, this sounds like a huge increase to your power ammo, but I'm not really sure how the timing of it's really going to work as far as how it's going to feel in real time because I haven't actually gotten to play it just yet. So hopefully they manage to strike a good balance between adding more power ammo without it being just completely flooded because... What I really don't want to have happen is the form switching from time to kill is too slow, everything feels boring, to I'm tired of getting one-shotted by snipers all day long and one-shotted by shotguns around the corner because that's exactly the reason why they're on your power slot and that's exactly the reason why in D1, special ammo got nerfed super, super hard. I hope and I pray that I am wrong about that assumption and I'm pretty sure at this point I will be wrong about it because... We've already kind of felt as a community the fruit of having complained about too much power all the time for so long. Because in D1, if you haven't been around in D1, D1 was a lot of very powerful metas in different areas and categories. And a lot of that surrounded special ammo. Snipers and shotguns used to actually be in what is now considered your energy slot. And they were so heavily dominant that they got nerfed into the ground. And then it got so bad on top of that they had to actually nerf special ammo entirely to the point where the only snipers that were pretty much prevalent in the game were an icebreaker that regenerates its own ammo and you never need to go and pick it up, and the no land beyond, which was in your primary slot, which is now considered your kinetic slot. So hopefully history doesn't repeat itself, but let's go ahead and move on to the next part of this update. The next little paragraph here in this update gets into competitive, and specifically the fact that they're removing radar from competitive and from trials. And I'm excited to see how this affects Trials, because I remember what it was like in D1 when they had Spooky Trials with no radar. And there were a lot of plays that happened in those two weeks that could never have happened otherwise, because radar would have detected somebody around a corner a lot faster, and therefore a good player could have easily countered that. You're probably going to see things like shotgunners, possibly some fusion rifles, guys that want to get in up close and personal. You may even see a lot more swords. What we also saw during Spooky Trials in D1 was that players who ordinarily would never go flawless went flawless those weekends. Now that was partially due to the fact that a lot of those really sweaty players who would ordinarily end everyone's attempt to go flawless that weekend had a kind of a hard time doing that because they were still getting acclimated to having no radar, which is a big part of their gameplay. At the same time, plays that would normally never have worked 
work now because the radar isn't there to give away your position early on. As long as you're being very quiet, as long as you're not double jumping, you can actually get the drop on somebody. So if you haven't been playing for a while and maybe you also haven't gone flawless yet, this might be a great window of opportunity to capitalize on that adjustment period for all those sweaty players and get your flawless out. Now this next part here is like the actual go fast part of the go fast update. They get into a lot of bullet point changes here, so I'm just going to kind of list them and then as I go along, I'll give an opinion here and there. But I want to kind of just get through this first so we can get to the kind of the grander part of the discussion in a little bit here. They say that all three glides plus catapult and strafe lift have been retuned and buffed to make them faster and more unique so you can jump a lot faster. The mobility stat range has been expanded and completely retuned as well. In short, everyone gets faster and the high end is higher. The player's ground speed cap has been increased, allowing for faster total movement speed regardless of how you may get there. Our Shredder, Sentinel, and Striker all move faster and at the same speed as one another while on their supers. And they also made three different changes to Arc Strider. They added faster attack animations, faster dodge animations, and increased range of all attacks, which I think is pretty helpful, but I don't know if it's going to be enough necessarily, but we'll see what happens when the update goes live. The previous shoulder charge changes are being reverted, allowing shoulder charge to be used as a movement mode once again. This I like quite a bit, just because as a Titan, you don't have very many options to quickly dodge and attack, or to get behind cover very quickly in pretty much any situation you have to be very very smart about your decision to go out from cover and this part of the update means that i'll at least be able to if i'm running towards a corner to try to avoid somebody or try not to die i can kind of like shoulder charge behind a wall to maybe survive like a rocket or let a slova bomb maybe hit the wall instead of me and that could maybe even save my life so i'm glad they at least gave us that what i would like to see on top of this is the shoulder charge being a lot more powerful. Like, make it the one shot that it used to be. The biggest reason why shoulder charge had to be nerfed before was because of the fact that you had no cooldowns on it. Like, you did shoulder charge, and the second you started sprinting again, you'd have it all over again. So, I think that with the cooldown being active and the cooldown being part of the ability, I think you can kind of afford to let it be a one shot. But then again... If it's a one-shot with a cooldown that's much lower because of the go-fast update, meaning that also your recharge rates of all your abilities and your super is a lot shorter too, which is later in the update here, I think that might maybe make it too much, which is why they probably didn't put the power back up to what it used to be. I would like it to at least be like making somebody absolute, which is an old term from Destiny 1. Basically, it means you have like a few HP left. But I feel like that should put you in the red at the very least. Uh, they also made a few changes to Dawnblade 2. This is actually in bolts, so this is actually a new development here. They reduced the cost of throwing swords, allowing for one additional throw. Increased super duration extension gained from Everlasting Fire. Removed all in-air accuracy penalties while, while Swift Strike is active. Reduced the Icarus Dash cooldown. And they increased the grenade and melee energy Heat Rises gives you per kill. So quite a bit there reworking the Dawnblade. Hopefully that makes it viable just because I see like maybe a handful of people in the Crucible adding one time actually using it. And you're talking to a guy who actually like streams the game for several hours on end. So I play a lot of games and I hardly ever hear a Dawnblade. And next they get into some invisibility on dodge and smoke updates. Invisibility on dodge no longer breaks aim assist or projectile tracking in PvP and it's unchanged in PvE. This actually is a much bigger signal than we realize here because what they're really showing us, I mean on top of the invisibility changes, is the fact that they're actually finally separating the PvP and PvE sandboxes. It's about time 
and I'm hoping this results in much better overall change to the game. Dodging still breaks both aim assist and projectile tracking, but only for the duration of the actual dodge. Increase the duration of invisibility on dodge by one second. Increase the duration of smoke bomb invisibility by one second. It's supposed to make hunters less annoying to fight, and I think they may have accomplished that. Hopefully they didn't just kill hunters off, though. I want them to actually be viable. Uh, the next part, supers now recharge 1 minute and 40 seconds faster, a cooldown reduction of 25%, so that's a lot faster. Mods that reduce grenade, melee, and class ability cooldowns have been buffed to allow for up to a 2x faster cooldown. So you can actually double the speed of your cooldown, which I like a lot. Uh, and it says here that this is not replacing mods 2.0, which was recently delayed. More information is available below. They're actually going to put that off for a little bit longer. Essentially, they need more time to really work on the mod system. They want to make it really good, and they want to give it the time it needs to really kind of marinate. So before we get into the weapon buffs here, I like the idea that we're going to be going faster, having more supers and more abilities. As long as it doesn't turn into mayhem all the time, which I doubt it will, but as long as they strike a good balance between the fun parts of why we liked mayhem so much without it becoming mayhem all the time, I think we're going to have a much better time in the Crucible, and you're probably going to see, hopefully, a bigger player base. And personally, I'm going to have a much more fun time because, one, I liked mayhem, but then also you're kind of rewarded a little bit more, I think, for being on your own because... Even though team shotting for in terms of your kinetic and your energy damage is going to still be beneficial as far as that's concerned, if you have more rockets or if you have more supers or more grenades, it's going to penalize them staying together because you can easily get naded all at one time or you can get Nova bombed all at one time and get team wiped. That's very bad for your team. So I think we're going to see a much different Crucible without it reverting entirely to D1. And next up here is the weapon changes coming in this next update. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's a pretty long list, so strap yourself in. They start with pulse rifles. Pulse rifles are going to increase PvE damage for all pulses, and you're going to be seeing PvE damage increase pretty much across the board. So I'm looking forward to how PvE is going to change because of that. Increased rate of fire for adaptive and high-impact pulses. Increased base damage for adaptive, high-impact, and rapid-fire pulses. Increased crit multiplier for lightweight pulses and decreased crit multiplier for adaptive pulses. This keeps precision damage close to where it is now, putting most of the buff into body shots, though it's still an increase in precision damage overall. Scout rifles get an increase in PvE damage for all scouts. So I'm hoping this is going to turn into things like the Haunted Earth or Does Not Compute actually being competitive in the Crucible, or at least in PvE. Hand cannons get increased PvE damage for all hand cannons. Increased crit multiplier for precision hand cannons. Increased hip fire accuracy on consoles and increased ADS or aim down sights accuracy on consoles. Sidearms. Increased PV damage for all sidearms. Increased hip fire accuracy. Increased ADS accuracy. Increased inventory size. And when they say inventory size, they mean the ammo reserves. Increased minimum range. And they added an ADS movement bonus. So sidearms are going to be, I think, a lot more potent all around. Hopefully in PvE as well. But I think they're going to probably stay a lot more prevalent in the Crucible. SMGs, increased PvE damage for all SMGs. Now you're starting to see the pattern I'm talking about here. Set optics to 1.3 times. Increased inventory size, again that's ammo reserves. And then they get into linear fusion rifles, increased PvE damage. Increased crit multiplier. Increased aim assist. Reduced flinch multiplier. Now I found it interesting that they did this with linear fusions and not with normal fusions. So I'm not really sure if they have a different set of changes planned out for that or if they just want to leave them alone where they're at. Next up is shotguns. Increased PvE damage for all shotguns. 
Increased inventory size. Again, that's ammo reserves. Increased aim assist for all throw shotguns. So that Ganora's axe you had from last Iron Banner is probably going to be useful now. Sniper rifles. Increased PvE damage for all snipers. Increased crit multiplier. Increased aim assist. Increased inventory size. So basically all around buff for snipers. Grenade launchers only got one buff though. Increased blast radius. And that's not going to be a separate PvE or PvP buff here. It's just going to be all around. And then the last on the list here is Assault Rifles, decreased range and aim assist stats for precision autos, and they're specifically highlighting the Ariel's Gift here. Base damage is not changed, so they're going to basically make it to where auto rifles are in a much shorter range capacity. Personally, I'm going to miss the auto rifles being part of the meta here, because it was a pretty fun meta for me. I kind of like it. I don't feel like it was uh, too obtrusive to the rest of the Crucible. Hopefully they didn't break them, though. I'm not really sure how much they decrease. They're not giving actual numbers here. They're just saying decrease and increase. So it could be a lot. It could be a little. And this might be because they want to leave themselves some room to make last minute changes. I'm not entirely sure if that's actually the case. A few weapon perks are also getting some updates too. High impact reserves is getting increased PVE damage. Kill clip increased PVE damage. Rampage increased PVE damage and increased duration. Dragonfly increased damage, not just PVE. Increased radius, stronger visual effects. Grave Robber reloads half your magazine instead of 0.3 of your magazine. Timed payload splits damage, 55 explosive, 45 direct instead of the previous split which was more direct damage. Explosive rounds decrease PVE explosive rounds damage and the decrease has been compensated for with an increase in PVE damage for the base weapons. So your weapons with explosive rounds will not do less damage but it'll be essentially split more towards the actual bullet itself instead of it being the explosion. Alright, so that was a lot to take in. There was a lot of information there. And honestly, I really can't just pin something down as this is going to be the next meta. Usually I can, but in this case, it's kind of difficult because there's so many changes that are going to be going on at the same time. So we're going to have to just test things out and see what works and what doesn't. And by the way, if you want to watch that live, I'll be streaming that live on my YouTube channel, Geronimo Games, the moment that that reset goes live. Next in this update, they get back into a little bit of how the invisibility works in relation to your dodges and your smoke if you're a hunter. Pretty much the biggest change here is kind of the order in which everything is put back into place once invisibility ends. So currently, when you initiate a dodge or you throw smoke, dodging temporarily kills aim assist and, pro and projectile tracking, allowing you to actually dodge things. That part's not going to change. And then, of course, you initiate invisibility, and then for the duration of invisibility, aim assist and projectile tracking remain disabled, the dodge finishes, and then invisibility expires, and then your aim assist and stuff like that comes back. Well, after the update, they're essentially going to be flipping when the aim assist is re-enabled and when the invisibility expires. Essentially, aim assist and tracking are re-enabled before the invisibility actually expires. So if you're shooting at an invisible hunter, you should be able to actually hit them a little bit easier before the invisibility finishes. They also mentioned that nothing changes in PvE except that they also get a 1 second duration increased invisibility. They also talk about the uh, previous sniper bug that they mentioned in the last update where the scope somehow got this bug that required a code fix so they had to pull somebody off of the future DLC slash D3 team to go and fix that which apparently they've already implemented this fix and they've already got that slated for the 1.2.0 update in May. Below that section on the 12, they also show us a video preview of what the 1.2.0, the May, sandbox is going to actually look like. And I gotta say, snipers are looking pretty crispy. 
I honestly haven't sniped more than maybe a game or two since D2 came out, which is actually kind of sad. I think the last time I sniped was towards the end of D1, and it was probably with my Icebreaker, if I had to guess. Uh, if it wasn't the Icebreaker, it was either going to be the Noland, or it's going to be more likely the Longbow. I actually had just gotten a God Roll Longbow right before D2 came out, and I think I managed to get my last couple of games in with that. So I might have to go back to D1 for a little bit just to kind of get reacquainted with the art of quickscoping because I really haven't had an excuse to do that in so long. After that, they mention a little bit more about the companion app and some changes that are going to be coming to that as well. And the biggest takeaways from this part are that they're going to be able to do a lot more from the app directly that you would normally have to do in-game. And these are things that I really don't think are even available in Ishtar Commander or in the DIM app either. Things like being able to go and buy from vendors, clear out your postmaster, being able to make things into masterworks. I think it's a good thing to do. Maybe if you're on a lunch break from work, maybe you're bored at work or you're bored at school and you want to kind of see what weapons you have that you can get rid of. Or maybe you want to make something into a masterwork because you've been saving up on cores. So I guess that's kind of a nice convenient thing to have if maybe you're away from your console and you're bored. But let's get into the final part of this update, which is the Nightfall Strike Scoring Leaderboard. The top three scores are pretty insane. They're all over 200k. Uh, and this is clearly indicative of the Lost Sector cheese that they already are aware of. And they're having a fix for it come in about May. So until then, the top scores are going to be pretty high. And you'll be able to milk that to get the top score. However, the adjustments to the score thresholds will not be affected by these scores, which I think is a, a relief because... If these scores were the threshold for, say, the Aura or to get the top tier emblem, you'd probably never even get it because if they ever patch that Lost Sector cheese, then you can never get this many points again. I'm glad they're at least getting in front of it trying to address that problem. And they did mention that they were using this little period before the May update to test out Nightfall Strike scoring to test out the challenge cards. So we should expect there to be a few problems to be fixed. So I'm glad they're getting in front of it. So that is this week's update for the TWAB. And I, I told you it was a long one. That was almost like 20 minutes of that. Hopefully, they're going to get into DLC 2 either next week or at least in the next three weeks here because we're getting pretty close to when it's going to be coming out. I'm surprised we haven't heard the latest marketing cycle for it, but I think that's because they know they have to focus on fixing the game itself to be able to even sell new copies of that DLC. So you're probably going to hear about it a little bit closer to time because they kind of expect sales to be much weaker, which is why you're probably not seeing as much ad spend on the marketing. That's just my hypothesis. I could be completely wrong about this. We might hear about it like tomorrow for all I know, but that's just what I'm seeing right now based on what we already know. But as always, if you're on Anchor, hit that favorite button. If you're on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss a single episode, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.